Welcome to Taking It to the Streets. I'm your host, Andy Goldman from sunny St. Pete, Florida. This is the show where we take it to the streets, knowing if we don't, the streets will take it to us. Welcome to Taking It to the Streets. It's Andy Goldman. It's Championship Sunday. Hope you are as excited for the preamble to the Super Bowl as I am. Before we get into Championship Sunday and dig deeper into who we like, who we don't like, why we like a team, why we don't like a team, thank you to Vanneral Wright. The response that we received was tremendous about Vanneral Wright. And having him on the show was a thrill. We hope to do it again. Like I said, people just really remembered how great he was, but more importantly, how great that group was at CNN. And it was just fun to reminisce about how sports was disseminated circa 1990, talking about Chicago doing sports phone, and I'm sure other major cities did as well, and the cut-ins at Headline Sports and all the different characters that existed at the CNN Center in 1990. And it was really fun. So Van Earl, you were appreciated. And the group that listens to Take Into the Streets loved it. We hope to do it again. All right. This is uh, like Bob Seger said, out past the cornfields where the woods got heavy. That's the part of the season we're at right now here at Championship Sunday. Before we get to the games, how do you do your Championship Sunday? Is there a special meal? Is there a special tradition? I'll go first. Our tradition, my wife and I's deal on Championship Sunday is we wake up, hot yoga or an Orange Theory workout to start, come back, and that's when we get the food rolling. So what's our stock Championship Sunday meal? Chili. Okay. Most chilies are pretty similar. It's all about the optionals, what you add to your chili to make it different than the other guys. Ours is called Chili Primero, and the optionals on our chili are diced jalapenos or diced pickled cactus or both. So again, in our Chili Primero, the optional of having diced jalapenos and or diced pickled cactus, but here's the big one that an old dear friend taught me about chili, the guy that taught me how to make chili. You've got to grill up some bacon in your skillet and put it into the chili bowl along with some beef broth. And that just accentuates all of the notes to make that incredible symphony that is chili. So chili is our go-to championship Sunday meal, but I'm not done yet. Once we get the chili going, We pull out the tin from the supermarket, put some Crisco on it, pull out a bowl and throw some brownie mix from Betty Crocker in there, toss in a little water, an egg, and some butter, and we make brownies. And in the spirit of my wonderful Grandma Helen, we take the brownies out, we put some vanilla frosting on top, there's our dessert. So we've got chili as the main course, brownies as the dessert. I'm a brownies guy. I do love 
cookies, but when the rubber meets the road, I prefer brownies and I love brownies with frosting on it. So chili brownies is the go-to meal at the Goldman's for championship Sunday. I don't see how that will, that will change. It's served us well and will continue to serve us well. This episode of Taking It to the Streets is brought to you by Wrightwood Medical, the leader in used and refurbished medical equipment. Wrightwood specializes in ultrasound equipment, but can also be your vendor of choice when sourcing lower cost alternatives for your operating room suites, scanning the entire medical spectrum. From single physician offices to larger hospitals, Wrightwood is the lower cost solution for your everyday medical equipment needs, and all of Wrightwood's equipment comes with warranty. You can reach Wrightwood directly at www.wrightwoodmedical.com. That is with a W, W R I G H T W O O D Medical or 773 848 7100. Again, 773 848 7100. If it's used medical equipment, it's Wrightwood Medical. All right, on to these games on Sunday. These are tough games and. You're going to have to have faith with these teams. I don't fault anybody for being on any of these sides. Really, what I'm going to do is just tell the story from the way I see it. As far as the way the sports books are acting, is anybody acting strange? Is anybody showing more faith than the other guy? Is there a commitment to a team? I really look for that. I also look for a commitment of sorts from Vegas, as well as the offshore. That to me means a lot. So there's just lots of things I like to put in my blender along with the percentages. Here we go. Baltimore hosting Kansas City. Okay. That game was, again, just the matters where you're looking, but it was anywhere from three to three and a half is where it opened up. Now I would say half of the sports books across Las Vegas, as well as the offshores are at four. That's where we are currently. Half are at four. Four is a massive key number. It is the fifth most key number in sports betting. Okay. It carries basically 5% of insulation to it. Three, seven, six, 10 come in front of it. Okay. And 10 is just minutely in front of four as far as a key number. So four is nothing to sneeze at. Why do I make such a big deal about four? Well, I did a little sniffing around and I have noticed that there seems to be a bit of a agreement as far as staying at three and a half from the Vegas perspective as well as offshore. So I'm going to name names here like Rob Reiner did with his uh, podcast about who shot JFK. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to name some names here. Mirage Hotel, huge hotel in Las Vegas. Opened at three and a half. They've stayed at three and a half. Offshore, Sports 411, BetUS, ITOP. They all opened at three and a half. They have all stayed at three and a half. Why is this significant? Well, Baltimore currently, this is Thursday afternoon, is getting 56% of the bets and 67% of the money. Again, 56% of the bets, 67% of the money flooding in on Baltimore. 
every reason in the world that every single sports book should be at four, if not four and a half. Now, this is a different animal. It's Mahomes. It's a team in Kansas City that is on their sixth straight championship Sunday. They're two and one in the Super Bowl. This is a different animal, but the numbers are the numbers. And like I said, I see a bit of a agreement of sorts between Vegas and offshore. And that leads me to believe that Kansas City plus the points is the right side. I don't know if Kansas City is going to win the game. Most people that are listening to this don't really care. They want to know who's going to cover. And I see a little bit of agreement. Once again, the lack of movement to four points across the board in a game where really that's what should be occurring. It should be moving to four, possibly four and a half. Now, you could almost call this a reverse line movement, but it hasn't moved beneath the opening number of three and a half. It hasn't gone to three. It's held, though. And it tells me that really these books don't respect the money that's coming in. Someone that's betting on Baltimore is not carrying any kind of clout whatsoever because that's a lot of money right there. And 67% coming in on Baltimore, that is truly substantial. So that's our first selection. And we're going to take Kansas City. I suppose we have to take three and a half and not the four, even though four is at half of the books, as I just said. But we'll we'll take the three and a half. But we are on Kansas City in the first game for the reasons mentioned. The second game is tricky. I could find nobody. And, And this is weird. I could find nobody that wants to get in bed with Detroit. And I mean, I'm looking at offshore, I'm looking at Vegas, I'm looking at opening number versus where it's at right now. And it's scary because a lot of places have moved to seven and a half. So they have moved off of a number that carries 8.74% of insulation. A NFL game will end on seven, 8.74% of the time. That's usually enough to make somebody take the seven. There's a lot of seven and a halves out there, and I'm not seeing any buyback from where I sit. Now, buyback is where there's people that come in that will buy back Detroit at seven and a half because it's a great number, and they're fine with that insulation point of seven carrying the 8.74%. There's no buyback, and there's this ambiguity about Debo Samuel. So somebody seems to know something. It would obviously tell me based on the numbers that Debo Samuel is going to play. That's inherent to what I'm seeing through the homework I've done is the Debo Samuel, the media and ESPN might act perplexed and be coy and say they don't know if he's going to go. Vegas seems to know that he's going to go. So they're, Detroit's going to have to deal with McCaffrey as well as Debo. Detroit's going to have to deal with the fact that San Francisco laid such a clunker last week. They look so bad. They are lucky they survived. And do you really see a Kyle Shanahan team doing that two weeks in a row? So there are some major points. But I'm telling you, as, as a follower of this, you'll normally find a house, a group that wants to take some risk with anything. And they just can't give away this Detroit team. I could see this honestly going to eight before we see buyback. 
because there surely hasn't been any buyback at seven and a half. Then I think there's a decision to be made whether or not you want to be on Detroit or San Francisco. As the numbers go, Detroit is public. They're getting 54% of the bets made, but those 54% are only bringing in 34% of the money. So there's small players that are on Detroit, real small players. The real money is on San Francisco. Again, at this time, it is 2.37 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. This is going to change, but I'm just telling you, as it, as it relates to what I can go off of right now, people that are betting real money are on Baltimore. People that are betting real money are on San Francisco, but the house is willing to go to the wall with Kansas City. They are. Plus that three and a half, plus four, no matter where, wherever you're getting it. Detroit, they are not willing to go to the wall with yet. I think they will go to the wall with them if it moves to eight. That's my gut on Detroit versus San Francisco. Where do I stand? I don't, I'm a huge Kyle Shanahan fan, and I'm not someone who gets suckered into the moment of, this is so big for Detroit and this is their time and place. The butt on Detroit that intrigues me is the fact that it started on Thursday night after Labor Day, first game of the season at Arrowhead. They won against Kansas City. They've won big game after big game. They have honestly looked very, very sharp of late. I don't like them away from that dome, and that scares me. I don't like Campbell versus Kyle Shanahan, but I got news for you. I just think seven and a half is too many points for the Detroit Lions, and for those reasons, I will take the Detroit Lions. So my selections are Kansas City plus three and a half, Detroit plus seven, seven and a half, no matter, depending on where we're going with this, and that's where I stand. I think they're both tough plays. There's risk being taken on the Chiefs. There's zero risk being taken on Detroit. I get it. And that's where people fall at this point. I want to thank you for listening to Taking It to the Streets. I hope you have a profitable, wonderful championship Sunday. And we will see you not next week, but we'll see you the week after for our Super Bowl show. Until then, it's Andy Goldman from St. Pete, Florida. I'm taking it to the street. Goodbye from St. Pete. And remember, folks, you're only as good as your last trade. So never too high, never too low till we meet again. <laughs>